Merry Christmas. Thanks for joining us. I want to say hello to all of our campuses real quick. Thanks, guys, for being a part of our services. Let's also give it up for our God Behind Bars guys. We love you guys. Merry Christmas. Great to have you guys a part of our service today. So excited. We've got, of course, church all day today, but then we start again Tuesday all day for Christmas Eve. We decided just to stack up the whole day. 12, 2, 4, 6, and 8 service times. And so I want to encourage you to be, be here for that. And your campus pastors has whatever service times you guys have as well at all your campuses. I'm going to ask all of our, our people, if you would, to please listen to your campus pastors when they say we need you at an earlier service. That really does help us to have room for the crowds that come at the later hours. In fact, we're really hoping you come and then you serve the later hours. Actually, it'd be even better. And so thanks again for making Christmas Eve so successful around here. And it's always just a blast. We just love it. So much fun. Again, thanks for being a part of our services today. I'm excited today to talk about something I think we can all deal with in our lives at one time or another. And that is, how do you know when God is speaking to you, how do you recognize the voice of God? Lord, is that you telling me that or is that the burrito I ate an hour ago? I can't <laughs> tell which it is, right? And so we, we want to know, how do you know God's will, right? How do you know his direction? How do you know when he's speaking to you? How can you recognize God's voice? And so what I want to do is unpack that today through the story of Mary and Joseph, because they definitely, uh, their, their whole relationship took a turn in a direction they weren't prepared for. And so they wanted to know, is this really God or not? And so, and God spoke to them, but I really could have used a lot of different scripture. We could talk about how David was talked to, uh, how God talked to David, how God talked to Moses, how God talked to the apostle Paul or to Ruth or to Esther. I mean, there's so many people all throughout the Bible that God spoke to them. And every time God speaks to us, he actually speaks to us in stereo. And so I, I love stereo surround sound. If I could have speakers in the back, speakers in the front, you know, I like it when it's all around. You got two on the front, two in the back, one in the middle. You got five different ways that God speaks to you. It's like in your car. That's what I love about car audios, right? Like normally if you get a car, uh, the, the manufacturers know that the sound system sells the car. So it's normally always amazing sound in your car, right? And why does it sound so good? It's coming from all different directions. You see, when it comes to God's will, never just trust one source, and so what you want is you want multiple sources all saying the same thing. And you'll know, wow, this must clearly be God corroborating what I think he told me from this source and that source. And so let's look at the five ways that God gives us his will, the five ways that God speaks to us. If you have your notes, you can pull those out. Also, if you get the Church Unlimited app and download that, on the, the app, you can click notes and you have the exact same notes that I'm preaching from today. So please do that. Let's say our mission statement together. First of all, what are we here to do as a church? We're here to take as many people to heaven as we can before we die, period. That's what we're all about here at Church Unlimited. So let's check out the scripture here. This is the Christmas story. Matthew chapter one, verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. Now let's just stop right there. Because maybe at first you think, okay, wait, no, God hasn't spoken to him yet because this just says that Mary fell in love with the boy and the boy fell in love with Mary. And, you know, that's, where's God in all that, right? Well, actually, God is in that because the first way that God speaks to us, number one, is he leads you through your own desires. God puts desires in you. That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. I'm so glad that when I asked my wife to marry me, I'm so glad she didn't say, well, honestly, I know this is God's will, so I'm going to do it, but you really grossed me out. I'm so glad she didn't say that. You know, can you imagine we're standing, you know, in front, in front of the preacher, we both said our I do's, we made our vows, and then they say, you may kiss the bride, and she kisses me and stops and says, oh, give me a second, I just threw up my mouth a little bit, okay, I'm okay. I'm so glad that didn't happen. I'm so glad she actually desires to be with me, and I desire to be with her. God uses your desires. Now, you may say, well, hold on, that sounds great, but can't our desires go the wrong direction? Absolutely can. This is why this is not the only source, because a lot of times we desire things that are not what God, what God wants. Maybe you say, but, but I really desired this person. I was in love with him, and then they broke up with me. 
So, but, I, but I, you said that it's God's will through our desires, so it must still be the one, right? Well, no, because their desires did not match your desires, so God spoke through that. I'm sorry, then that sounds offensive, but it's really true. That happens to all of us. Maybe you've been the one breaking up or the one broken up with me. Either way, that happens. But listen, it doesn't mean God doesn't speak through desires. God still gave you a desire to be married. It's just that that's not the one. So you said, well, I really wanted this promotion at work, and I thought I was going to get it, and I didn't get it, and I, but I desired it. Well, it just means that God has the desire in your heart to provide well for your family, to be ambitious and earn more. There's nothing wrong with that desire. It just means this isn't the route that that desire is going to be filled. It doesn't mean God doesn't, doesn't fulfill our desires. So just keep that in mind. God does use our desires. Some people think, oh, but if I pray and I surrender my whole life to God, I just know he's going to send me to Africa to live in a hut with no air conditioning and to be a missionary. Well, if that sounds horrible to you, then I don't think God's going to send you to do that because this may surprise you. God not only loves you, he likes you. He actually says in scripture, if you'll follow me, I will bless you. If you don't see that as a blessing, you're probably not called to do that. And so it's okay to admit that there's some things that you don't want to do. We have preferences. God wired you. He pre-wired you with certain desires and preferences. That's one of the ways that God gets his will done in your life. Now, I want to be really careful on this. I want to mention one thing here. Be careful that you're not in love with the benefit rather than the function. Let me tell you what I mean by that. It's like the guy who says, I know I'm called by God to be the CEO of a company. Why? Well, I was watching this Apple podcast one time, and it showed Steve Jobs standing in front of everyone, and he was delivering this powerful message. People were applauding. And so I know I'm called to do that. Um, it may be that you really like the applause that he's getting, but if you, do you know what a CEO does? Do you know that when they need to lay off 10,000 people, it's his responsibility to do that? Do you know he has to answer to 10 to 20 board members for all that he does and he has shareholders? Do you know how all that operates? Oh, I don't want to do any of that. I just want to be a CEO. Then you're not called to that. In other words, be very careful that you don't fall in love with the accolades attached to someone's discipline rather than the actual function. It's like the person who says, I'm called to sing. And then we say, great, we'd love to have you sing. And so we invite them to sing on one of our stages. And it's not the stage that they desired. And I say, so are you really wanting to sing and use the gift of singing for God? Or are you just wanting to be in front of a certain amount of people? So make sure you are real careful that you don't fall in love with the accolades or the benefits of something rather than the actual function of something. Do you desire to sing? Then you should be willing to sing in front of three people, 300 people, or 3,000 people. I'm called to preach. I promise you I will preach my guts out if there are four people in the room or 400 or 4,000 or 40,000 because I'm called to preach. And by the way, I know because I have preached in front of four people before. <laughs> so I just want to encourage you to know that it's about the function, not about the benefits. So be very careful there when it comes to your desires. Are you really desiring to do that or do you just want the benefit from it? So that may not be God's will if it's just a benefit for you. So the first way God speaks to us is through our desires. I'm so thankful my wife didn't say, oh, honey, please put that bag on your head again. You really gross me out. But I know it's God's will for us to be together. No, that's not how that works. God desired, put desires in her heart and in me as well for one another. Look at Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. It goes on to say this. So just Mary fell in love with the boy and the boy fell in love with Mary. His name is Joseph. And, but then guess what happens? But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. You talk about messing up the Christmas story, that would do it, right? Like, Joe, please don't do that, right? But think about it. If you're in Joe's position, can you blame the guy? Let's say you're dating a girl, you fall in love, you put a ring on her finger, you think you're going to get married, and she shows up one day and she's got a baby bump going on. You'd be like, uh, what's going on? Who was it, Mary? Was it Roro? I'm going to have a talk with him right now. <laughs> right? Joseph's upset, but says he's a righteous man. 
So he was gonna divorce her quietly. But you know how mad he must be? Thank God he was a godly man. What if he would have gotten drunk with his buddies later that night, showed up at Mary's house with a bottle of wine in his hand, Mary, I need to talk to you. He didn't do that. Sorry, I don't know where this stuff comes from. I apologize. I don't. Pray for your pastor. I'm barely saved. Let's be honest here, okay? Instead, he sought the Lord. You know, oftentimes we react wrong because we don't get our way or the way we want things to go. Instead of, instead of reacting, be very careful. You can make things way worse. Instead, pull back and say, God, I don't understand this, but I'm going to go to you. If you'll go to the Lord when things don't work out like you want, he oftentimes will give you his peace and show you that he actually is in this, Joseph. But Mary's found to be with child. Maybe for you, that may sound great. Oh, I, wish, I just wish I could get pregnant. There's a lot of people that are found with child that are not ready to be pregnant, right? And so, or, or maybe for you, it was you were found to be without the grades to get in the school you wanted, right? That happened to me, by the way. I really wanted to go. I, was in, I grew up in Houston. I really wanted to go to Texas A&M University. Just, I just like dreamed of that. It'd be so great to go to school there. I did not have the grades. I was found to be with bad grades. <laughs> and so I could not get in. I thought, oh, I'll make up for it on the SAT. I took the SAT. It was a disaster. I did even worse on the SAT than my grades. In fact, a buddy of mine asked me, like, hey, what was your SAT score? I told him, he was like, was that the written portion or the, or, or the math? And I was like, it was both. What do you... T- Anyways, so I'm not the smartest guy coming out of high school. Anyways, but, but you know what? So because of that, I ended up going to a, a small school, a small Baptist school up in East Texas, and, and I didn't even really like that. I thought I was going to like it, didn't like it that much. And so, but I remember I would drive by this one school getting to my school, a school called Stephen F. Austin. I didn't even know about it. Honestly, I didn't know it existed until I would drive by it on the way to my school. And I kept stopping going, that looks really cool. Man, that's really nice. I, I wonder what that school's like. And then I ended up having a class with a guy at East Texas Baptist that said to me, yeah, I'm, I'm here only for one semester. Next year, I'm gonna go back to Stephen F., which is where I really love. And I was like, you go to that school I drive by? Oh, man, it's awesome. You should go. He convinced me to go to Stephen F. Austin. Let me tell you why that's so providential, because that is you know, the, uh, such a crucial part of my story. I ended up leading a Bible study there and, and uh, ended up taking those little Bible study that began to grow, began to discover the gifts that God had put in me. I didn't even know that was really there, and, and I began to discover that. Well, while I'm there, I ordered some forms from A&M to fill out. I was gonna actually apply, because then I figured out how to transfer. I was like, oh, I can just transfer into Texas A&M. And then I had this friend, and she said to me, she said, Bill, God's really using you powerfully right here at SFA. I don't think it's God's will for you, Louis. I think you should stay here. So I decided to stay here and married her. And so God, <laughs> God is well done. It worked out. So, I mean, the degree is great, but the best thing I got was the girl. And that's been a game changer for my life ever since. I will tell you that God will position you. She wasn't planning to go on SFA. She had it in her heart. She was going to go to Baylor. If you know my wife, you know she's like a Baylor girl. I mean, oh my gosh. And so anyways, that was her heart to go to Baylor. And so, but her dad convinced her because they had moved to East Texas and she happened to live near SFA. And her dad said, this is a really great school throw up. Why don't you just go there? It's a lot cheaper. It's a great school. And so she was like, well, it wasn't really what I first wanted, but my dad's trying to convince me. I'll go check it out. She fell in love with it. It was totally God because that's where we met. God is positioning you. When the circumstances don't go the way you want, that doesn't mean God's not getting his will done. God's gonna get his will done. He just repositions you. Some of you didn't plan on transferring to this town, right? To near the location that you go to. But you know what? God positioned you to be here, to be a part of this church, to connect with other people, a part of for your job, for your future, for the chapter you're in right now in your life. God positioned you. And so what does this mean for us? Number two, God leads you through circumstances. So he leads you through your desires. And the second thing he does, he leads you through circumstances. And so when you don't get what you want sometimes, God leads you through that. 
He said, well, but, but, I said, but you said God uses my desires. But I wanted to be with them, and they broke up with me. Well, it doesn't mean God's not going to meet your desire to be married. It just means they're not it. Well, I, I really want this promotion. I have a desire for it, and it didn't happen. It doesn't mean that God's not going to use that desire you have for promotion, just that this isn't your promotion. And so God will still fulfill those desires, and he all will also shape you through your circumstances. But be okay. Be okay when things don't work out, because Oftentimes, rejection is God's protection. He's protecting you from the wrong thing, the wrong person, the wrong situation. God protects you from those kinds of things. Look at Matthew chapter 1, verse 20. He goes on to say this, but after he had considered this, after Joseph had considered breaking it off with Mary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you're to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Now, if you're a young girl and you get pregnant, please don't go home and say, Dad, honestly, it's God's son. <laughs> it's only happened once. We're not going to buy it again, all right? But clearly God was speaking to Joseph. This was an angel that showed up to speak to, to Joseph. Angels in the Old Testament would be represented in the New Testament by the Holy Spirit. So this is the Holy Spirit speaking to Joseph. The Holy Spirit also spoke to Mary. The angel replied, Holy, the, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month for nothing is impossible with God. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And the angel left her. I love that last line. Mary, oh, we could just do a whole study on her. She's an incredible woman of God. But I love that she says, may everything you say about me to this angel come true. Because you know why that was important? Because there were other people saying stuff about Mary about that time. And I guarantee you it wasn't honoring God. Can you imagine what other people were saying about Mary? In this highly religious town that the girl that supposedly hadn't slept with anyone is pregnant? Can you imagine what people were saying? Let me tell you, let me just stop real quick on this real quick before we go any further. It's really hard to get God's will if you keep listening to the wrong voices. And so it doesn't matter what they said about you in high school or college or at that last job or that last relationship. You need to believe what God says about you. And he says you have purpose and he has plans for you and you're destined for great things. God has more for you. Listen to what he says. May all that you say about me, God, come true. Not what they're saying, but what you say about me. May all that come true. And so number three, God speaks to you through the Holy Spirit. Oftentimes, this is hard to interpret. This is where we get struggles like, well, but is that me or is that God? Let me just remind you that me is not bad. So again, God speaks you through your desires. God confirms those through your circumstances. He also uses the Holy Spirit. And so you say, well, practically, how do I don't know if it's the Holy Spirit speaking? Okay, when you're in worship and you've really surrendered your life to God fully and you're just in that moment with the Lord, what does God put on your heart in that moment? That's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. I wish I could say that I had those moments all the time. I don't. But there's strategic moments when I knew the Holy Spirit was speaking to me. How about you? You know what I'm talking about? When you know you're like, man, I know God is confirming. And maybe even right now, the Spirit is moving right now as I'm talking to you because God's using his word. And the Holy Spirit is going, ding, 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 ding. See, I told you, told you. I've been putting it on your heart. Look at this. God's doing that. God, God speaks to us through the Holy Spirit. He confirms things oftentimes so that when you pray, when you seek the Lord, when you're in his word, when you're worshiping, what is close to your heart at that moment? God is speaking to you through the Holy Spirit. The fourth way that God speaks to us can be found right here in Matthew chapter one. It says this, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. 
Did you know that this prophecy was written by Isaiah 700 years before Jesus was born? Isn't that amazing? And it was prophesied that, that this child would come out of Bethlehem. Mary and Joseph were not in Bethlehem when they fell in love, and they had to go to Bethlehem because the census forced him to go where they did not want to go, back to their old small hometown, and they ended up right where God wanted that, that, uh, excuse me, that prophecy fulfilled. And so just know this, God positions you, so you see circumstances coming together with God's word, right? And so let me tell you what's so powerful about his word. Number four, God confirms his direction to you through his word. Let me tell you why this is so important. His word is the confirmation, but his word is also the protection because God will never lead you to do something contrary to his word. It is not God's will. If it's not, if it, listen, if you say, no, I know the Lord's leading me because I have a desire to be with my secretary. No, you're a married man. You are not, that is not God's, but, but we, but I love her and she loves me. It is not God's will. I'm sorry. I don't care how much in love you think you are. You're not, you're in lust anyways, but let me just tell you this. Even if you think you really love her and she really understands you and all that kind of stuff, the truth is, is it's not God's will. God won't bless that. He just won't. I'm just saving you some time and some pain. And so God will not bless it. If it's not God's will, man, I really need to get ahead. And if I just cheat on my taxes just a little bit, I know it's not quite what the word of God says, but just a little bit, no, God's not gonna bless that. You're saying, God, I don't think you can provide. God can provide for you. He'll give you an opportunity. He'll show you how to do it. Do it honestly, like the word of God says to be honest. Let your yes be yes. Let your no be no. On those little questionnaires that you're filling out. And you know what? God will bless you. And so it never is God's will to go against his word. Follow his word. I just want to give you one example of my life, if I can, real quick. Romans chapter 15, verse 20. This is a verse God gave me while I was in seminary. And my wife and I were praying about what God had next for us. And I, I took a day uh, to pray, an entire day, and, and went and I rented a little room that they had up at seminary. And I just prayed, a reserved room, whatever. Prayed, sought the Lord. In that prayer time, God confirmed to me that I was going to, to go plant the church. And here's the verse God gave me. It says this, my ambition has always been to preach the good news where the name of Christ has never been heard rather than where a church has already been started by someone else. You know, people sometimes say, oh, church in limits, they don't like traditional churches over there. I love traditional churches. I grew up in a traditional church. It changed my life. I love a traditional church so much, I knew I was not called to go into one because I would have wrecked it because it's not how they want to do church the way God's put on my heart to do it. So I wanted to start it from scratch out of honor to those churches that already have their mojo, already going in with the vibe that God's called them to. And I knew what we wanted to do for the next generation was different. So because of this, I began to look all around the United States for cities that my wife and I could move to to plant the church. I got out a giant map of the United States and I, I began to circle cities that we could consider planting a church in. And so I just put a big X over the Northeast. I was like, I'm not gonna be that cold. Okay, that's not me. And so then I began to circle cities you know, kind of in the Sun Belt in the South. And, and as I began to do that, we began to visit some of the cities and I'd make calls that there wasn't Google at the time. And so I would make phone calls and I was going to a Baptist seminary. So I, would, I had some contacts through the seminary, through the Baptist to, to ask them questions about different churches in the area. And so I began to just looking around because I wasn't just wanting to go to a larger city. I wanted to go to the city that did not have a church anywhere near what I wanted to start. I didn't want to build my, my, my church on another man's work, meaning that we wanted to go to a place that there was nothing remotely close to what I would consider a contemporary, progressive style, next generation church at the time. And so we began to look around. My wife and I looked all over Dallas. They were everywhere in Dallas. I went to Houston, everywhere in Houston. Uh, San Antonio, lots of great churches there. We began to look around and, and ended up looking at Santa Fe, New Mexico, all these other cities. And in the process of that, we finally zeroed it down to Las Vegas, Nevada. I was like, there's lots of lost people there. <laughs> so we could go plant a church there. So I flew out to Las Vegas. Jessica could not go. She was very, very pregnant at the time. 
uh, we flew, I flew out to Vegas to check it out. And when I went there, I began to look around the whole city. There was lots of lost people, no question about that. Lots of people. It's the fastest growing city in America. And then I, it just happened to be Wednesday night. They had a service at, at this church that I'd heard of that was really a great church, very similar to what I wanted to do. Wanted to check it out. Thought I'll just get way away from them and we could do it on the other side of town. So I went into that church service, ended up meeting the pastor. Someone said, oh, you need to meet our pastor. I met him. the pastor's name was Gene Apple. He was a pastor at Central Christian Church at the time. And, and uh, I met him and he said, oh, Bill, we'd love to have you here. You want to plant the church? That's great. We've already gridded the whole city. We've got church planters, 20 or 30 of them all over the city. So just tell us where you want to go. I'm sure there's room for you. I was like, he didn't know you just gave me a death warrant to my dream. Because <laughs> I really wanted to go to the city that didn't have this. And maybe I was naive to believe that even existed, but I just, this is the verse God gave me. So I came home and I was frustrated because this is the last city on the list. I just marked it off. Okay, no, they got great churches like I want to do. So I was like, man, I don't know where to go. So we went out to dinner with some friends of ours, Will and Leslie Lewis. Will's a pastor. He's spoken here several times. Um, and we were both in seminary at the same time. And while we were there, I just said, man, I'm so frustrated. He how to go in Vegas? I was like, it's not it. He was like, why, why is that? I said, I know this sounds crazy, but I know God wants me to go to a place that just doesn't have what I'm wanting to do. And he said, Bill, I know you're looking at all these large cities, but there's another city. It's not as small as you probably think called Corpus Christi. And I was like, yeah, no, like 30,000 people there. And he's like, no, 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 it's a lot bigger than that. I was like, oh, I didn't know that. And he goes, yeah. He goes, and I just did an internship at a church there. Great church, but totally different than what you want to do. And I'm telling you, this city does not have anything like what you want to start. So he said, just, just call this guy. So I called a guy named Sam Douglas. He was pastor at Yorktown Baptist Church at the time. I called him up and I said, hey, this is, I described, he said, he'd tell me the kind of church you want to plant because he had planted the church that he pastored, Yorktown. And he said, tell me the kind of church. And I began to describe it, and he started laughing. I was like, what are you laughing at? Normally when I describe this to a Baptist church preacher, he starts to tell me how this is wrong or weird or whatever. And so, because it's not the way they do it. And he said to me, I know what you're trying to do. I said, really? He goes, you know why I know what you're trying to do? I said, no. He goes, because I used to be a youth minister and a college minister. You're trying to do youth group for adults. <laughs> I said, you're right. That's exactly what I'm trying to do. He was like, I love it. Not only do I love it, he said, our youth group Instead of going to Mexico in the summer like they always do for their mission trip, they stayed here, felt led by God to stay here, and just cover the whole surrounding South area uh, with Bible studies and, and basically like a kids' vacation Bible school to gather names of families who would be interested in the church. The only thing we don't have is a church planter. And that's how God brought me to Corpus Christi, Texas. Through his word, through circumstances, through our desires, he lined the whole thing up. God will speak to you through his word. How many of you guys have a verse that God just gave you lately? You just, this is a verse that I know God gave me and it's for my situation right now. Anybody have a verse like that? Stick to it. God will honor that if you will stick to his word and his promises. And so I'll encourage you to do that. Last part of this, the last part that we see the way God speaks to us is actually number five. God uses other godly people. So, You've been keeping up. God leads you through your own desires. He leads you through your circumstances. He leads through the Holy Spirit. God confirms his direction to you through his word. And number five, God uses other godly people in your life to confirm or deny his will. Look at Matthew chapter one, verse 24. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded to him and took Mary home as his wife. So Mary was just completely vulnerable. She's like, I'm pregnant with God's child. I don't know if Joseph can believe me. And he did the unthinkable in her eyes. He believed her. He was like, no, Lord told me, this is God's child. I'm good with this. Let's do this. Unheard of. You talk about a good guy. This is the ultimate good guy. Some of you ladies right now are like, there's just no good guys. 
And, and girl, guys say the same thing. There's just no, no good girls out there. You know what? You only need one. And God is so good. If you'll obey the Lord, he will drop the person of your dreams in your lap. Well, not in your lap. That's inappropriate. But they'll put them in front of you. Sorry. I'll take my ADD pill after this. I promise. I'm so sorry. God will position you if you'll just trust the Lord. He will bring that person to you. So he woke up and he did what the angel of the Lord commanded. Him took Mary home as his wife, but he did not have, uh, had no union with her until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. Now look at what happens in Mary's life. A few days later, Mary heard to the hill country, this is before the baby comes, to the hill country, she entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her. I love that. How cool is that? So Elizabeth, as soon as she hears Mary, Elizabeth, Elizabeth, comes around the corner. Oh, Something leaped within her at that moment. She knew this baby who had been still the whole time. Anyone ever been pregnant? How nervous are you when it's stillness the whole time? You need that confirmation, don't you? You need that kick. Even though you go, ow, ow, that hurt, you're like, but I know that baby's doing good, right? And so right at this moment, there's a kick. Elizabeth child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And so right when she, and just imagine, as soon as she hugs Mary, right, you got John the Baptist and Elizabeth's belly. You got Jesus and Mary's belly. And so they hug. And at this moment, this is the first time that Jesus and John the Baptist are right by each other. I love it in scripture that the next time we see them, the first time is when they're in the ambiotic fluids of their mother's wombs, which represents new life. And the next time that John and Jesus are together in the Bible, they're in the Jordan River for baptism, which represents new life. When Jesus shows up on your life, he makes all things new. That's what he does. Isn't that cool? Right there in scripture. Elizabeth's child leaped within her and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? How'd she know that? How did Elizabeth know that this was gonna be her Lord? Because God spoke to her. Because God told her that. Elizabeth, it says, was barren all the way up into her older years. And so, so we can assume that she had been trying to have a baby for a long time. Some of you may be there trying to have a baby for a long time. You know that God, listen, he's seldom early, but he's never late. You trust the Lord. He's got you. He has a plan for you. And the longer it takes, the more God's purpose will be revealed in that child. So just trust me, God knows what he's doing in your circumstances. Just be encouraged by that. Elizabeth, we can safely say she must have been probably in her 40s, maybe even 50, and she gets pregnant. Mary, we know, is between the age of 13 and 16 years old. Pregnant, how, how scary is that, right? So when they meet, we know that Elizabeth, she looked up to Elizabeth. In the same way, this was confirmation that Mary was carrying God's child because Elizabeth had a word from God to give her. You ever had an older, more mature believer come to you and just say, look, I know this sounds a little crazy, but I just feel like God told me something that I'm supposed to share with you. You ever had that and it was very confirming whatever they told you? Anyone ever had that? Where you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you just said that. Have you hacked my account? How'd you know that I was dealing with? It's like God used that person in your life. This is very important. If you really want to hear God's will, especially the bigger areas of your life that you're really concerned trying to figure out, listen to other godly people. God speaks through them in a powerful way. And if you don't listen to other godly people, if you've never been surrendered to someone else's authority in your life, you are literally going to find yourself stuck. 
I don't know why they'll never get any advancement in my career. That's because the boss has told you 15 times which you need to change and you won't. So you're lucky to have a job. But if you're not going to listen, well, they're not even a Christian. Oh, you don't think God used non-Christians all throughout the Bible over and over again to get his will done? God will get his will done through people who don't even know the Lord. I mean, Nehemiah's king didn't even know the Lord. He says, Nehemiah, yeah, I want you to go back to J-Town, rebuild the wall. Not only that, I'm going to pay for the whole thing. What? God didn't even know his Lord, and he's going to help him. See, God will get his will done, but if you are stubborn and obstinate and will not listen to the wisdom of others, don't expect to find yourself in the middle of God's will. Expect to find yourself in a mess. Listen to others. That is God protected you. And here's why these five ways that God speaks are so important. Because when you know God has spoken to you so clearly through multiple sources confirming it, when you have that assurance, you can walk boldly in the direction God leads you to. And no, I know God called me in Corpus Christi. I have the evidence. I have the sign. The Holy Spirit spoke to me. His word was clear. I had that amazing phone call from Pastor Sam. I know God's leading me here. I'm going to come to this town. And this is my town. God gave me this town. We're going to take it for Christ because I got confidence in who God is in my life. Here's the truth. Confidence does not come from who you are. Confidence comes from whose you are. And when you understand that God's in your life and he has spoken to you and he has led, you can stand firm in your decisions because you know God told you. God spoke to you. He is leading you. He is guiding you. Would you bow your heads with me? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Would we take a moment to pray across all of our campuses right now? Maybe God is speaking to you very specifically about something you're dealing with. You thought, man, I thought I was just going to come get some kind of Christmas sermon. I had no idea God was going to be confirming his will to me. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, if God is speaking to you, just lift your hand high to God and say, God, you have my yes. You have my yes. I know you're talking to me, Lord. I'm going to do what you're leading me to do. I'm going to go where you're leading me to go. I'm going to say what you're leading me to say. Honor the Lord that way. He will guide you. He will lead you. He is speaking to you right now. The Holy Spirit is in this place. He is speaking to you right now. Your head bowed and your eyes closed. Just surrender to him because he can give you his will, but the question is, will you obey it? See, some people say, I haven't heard God talk to me in years. Could it be that God did speak to you very clearly and you disobeyed it and he's not wasting his time, his breath on someone who will not obey him? You see, the scripture says, my sheep know my voice. You got to become a sheep. It's <laughs> a horrible sheep sound. I know. I'm sorry. But you know what? Sheep follow their master. They obey. They listen. With your head bowed and your eyes closed. Are you listening to your master? Do you hear his voice? Obey him. Follow his lead. Maybe today is the first time you've heard that master's voice. Then it's time to become one of his followers. You see, God sent his son into this world. That's what Christmas is actually all about. It's not about the Target ads. It's not about Amazon. It's about Jesus coming to this world to save you and me. Jesus grew up and he died on the cross to pay the price for your sin and for mine. Then he rose again from the grave, proving that he's God. Now he waits for you and me to individually receive him. You can pray the simple prayer. You can become a Christ follower right now. Before you open any presents this Christmas, open the greatest gift ever given, Jesus himself. Pray this prayer with me. You can say, dear Jesus, I realize I need you. I believe you died on the cross for me. You paid the price for my sin. And I believe you rose again. 
I ask you to come into my heart, be my Lord, and be my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In your name we pray. Amen. Isn't God good? His word is so true.